You are listening to Soundwise Podcast, a show hosted by Alex in Serbia and Vlada in Poland. Each week we cover a different artist or band and engage in open, spontaneous debates and discussions about specific parts of their discographies. Our goal is to expand their musical horizons and cover a great range of genres and styles. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash soundwisepod and on social media at soundwisepod. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Soundrise Podcast. Hello Alexander, how are you doing? Hey, afternoon Vada, uh, hope you're doing well. I'm really good and excited about another Patreon episode. So as you guys know, we always get fantastic ideas and that's definitely the case here. So Vlada, can you introduce to our listeners what this Patreon poll is, how it works and which band we're going to talk about today? So guys, basically once a month, you get to decide which act we're going to talk about. So if you become our patrons, uh, you may get the chance to either vote for our monthly artist poll or you get to suggest the artist, depending on which tier you belong to. So, so far we've had some awesome suggestions by some of our patrons and, of course, the other ones who may not have the ability to suggest are more than happy and eager to vote. So thank you all for participating, for choosing these artists for us. And as you might have noticed, we're also very much open to different suggestions. And sometimes even if one of the suggestions loses the poll, we get to talk about them eventually because we really appreciate your input and your ideas. So if you want to take part in this, you can become a patron for as little as $1 a month. And we really appreciate everything that you do for us. And we cannot be grateful enough for any sort of support, whether it's financial or just a nice word. So guys, you can find us on the Patreon and check out our page, check out our special tiers and see if there's something interesting there for you. Exactly, Vlada. So which band, okay, we, we had two suggestions in our poll, which band or which suggestion, suggestion we're going to talk about today. So today we're going to talk about a band that was particularly significant back in the early mid 2000s. They were huge and I think they still are in a way. It's the Killers. The Killers. So Alexander, you're a bit younger than me. So what what is your first impression of the Killers? When did you first hear about them? Any experiences? Okay, so the Killers, I think I first heard them when I was in high school. And obviously that was the song Human, probably their biggest hit or one of their biggest hits ever. So that was my first contact with the Killers. And that song was huge, you know, it, it's still, you know, pretty big. You can hear it on on the radio, on, I don't know, on, uh, on the TV. And I think the Killers are that kind of band that blends the indie and alternative feel with uh, some 
proper catchy rock tunes and riffs. And that's why you can hear them also on indie radio stations. So yeah, I think that's... They're, they're kind of mainstream, right? But with indie beginnings, you know, so you get that indie vibe exactly. as well. Exactly, exactly. So that's a nice combination. I think that just shows how talented they are. So let me just share a bit of information about the Killers. Uh, they were founded in 2001 by Brandon Flowers and Dave Kooning. From 2002, their standard lineup has been Brandon and Dave, as I mentioned, and also Mark Stormer and uh, Ronnie Vanucci Jr. So they have some additional touring members, but these four guys are, you know, the, the foundation of the killers. They have released six albums so far. Most of them are really, really big in terms of in terms of containing containing. Uh, huge hits uh, they have received a lot of praise and a lot of uh, let's say a lot of positive ratings the killers are also considered one of the biggest rock bands of the 21st century and I, and I think that's that's deserved i think that's an accomplishment that they have for for a reason and certainly they are one of the biggest bands to come from the state of nevada in the u.s so that's also a bit of interesting let's say an interesting accomplishment interestingly enough um, their name so the killers is derived from a logo on the bass drum of a fictitious band portrait in the music video for the song crystal by new order i think that that song is from 2001 and it's one of the most, I think, iconic New Order sounds when it comes to their, uh, sorry, one of the most iconic New Order songs that portrait uh, their their 2000 sound. But uh, let's get back to, to the Killers. They have sold over two, 28 million uh, records and also headlined some of the biggest venues like Madison Square Garden and... Uh, and uh, Glastonbury, Wembley, so a pretty big band. They are also known for some political activism. And now I have to bring this up because uh, it's it's kind of related to our show. The song Hotel California, the infamous or the famous song, it kind of depends on the angle that you look at, look at it from. They cover that song with another band and... The proceedings, the the money that they received for that for that concert went to some charities that were working on climate issues. So, yeah, also an activist band in a way, and also musically speaking, I think they were pretty big in their own category, and they are still still big. Uh, we are also going to talk about an album that was released this year, like. Four months ago, I think, in August 2020. So, Vlada, let's get to the ratings, uh, to the albums, actually. So, the first album that they ever released called Hot Fuss, I think that's also the first album that I ever heard from The Killers. It was released in 2002. So, sorry, it was released in 2004. Sorry. So, Vlada, what did you think about this album, Hot Fuss? All right, thank you for a nice and very extensive intro about this band. Uh, so yeah, Hot Fuzz 2004. These were my university days, and I remember 
how big the Killers became when this record came out, and especially in the upcoming years. This record has a couple of major hits, and I think to this day, these might be the biggest songs, but we'll get to that. Uh, First of all, I have to say that back in those times, there was this huge onslaught, let's put it that way, of indie rock bands, usually from Britain, that had a very typical sound that was kind of a mixture of post-punk and a bit of electronics, very angular beats and guitar riffs. And the Killers were kind of a part of that niche. But I think that they made themselves stand out in a way because this music has so much oomph to it. It's so energetic and anthemic, which I think was perfect for uh, their entry into the mainstream because this was something that could appeal to wider masses. Now, that could be a bad thing, but I think in their case, it's it's definitely a positive thing because it works so perfectly for them. And, you know, at the time, I thought of them as a band that might inherit the position of the likes uh like U2, for example, you know, that kind of big, anthemic rock band capable of filling out stadiums. And they really had that thing going for them. So let's get to the record itself. It starts off very auspiciously straight away with Jenny was a friend of mine with this big, booming sound. You know, uh, I have to ask you something, Alexander. Do the vocals remind you a bit of Robert Smith? Of the Cure fame? Uh, let's say they sound like Robert Smith, but in a non-depressing kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the happier Cure songs, you know, like the exactly. ones that... Exactly. If you reverse, if you reverse the Cure's, you know, main theme, I think you'll get the killers in one way or another. Uh, yeah, I think the influence is obvious, I think. and But still in a good way, because as you said, they don't really have that melancholy. Well, they do have a melancholy vibe, but they don't have that kind of depressing nature of the Cure's sound. I think the instrumental work kind of paints another picture and differentiates them from the likes of the Cure, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I was just about to get to it because I wanted to address the vocals. But also the synths that you hear are kind of a throwback to the 80s, but with one difference. I think that unlike all these 80s bands that the Killers are a bit reminiscent of, they don't sound so polished here. They sound kind of gritty, despite the synths, you know. But when you combine these booming drums and synths and and the very crunchy guitar, the sound is kind of more... I don't know if grit is the right word because they're not really a gritty band, but it's definitely rower than those 80s bands. So that that's my impression. I agree. I agree. Uh, and and, and I, that, I just have to ask you one thing. Sorry for interrupting you because we're now citing some of their influences and also what bands they uh, kind of remind us of. Does this band remind you also of the likes of Interpol? Uh I guess, but I mean, they were peers, I think. So as I mentioned, there were a lot of bands that had that thing going, you know, relying on on post-punk, on new wave of the 80s and and the Killers, Interpol. They were definitely in that group, even though Interpol was more 
a Joy Division clone, kind of, while the Killers, I don't know if they're anyone's clone, but they have those elements that are very reminiscent of, like the Cure and even things like Duran Duran, you know, you could say, because they have a lot of pop to their sound. Totally agree, totally agree. I think that uh, that subgenre is called post-punk revival or something like that and the killers are associated with a lot of genres and, and st- types of music like i don't know post-punk glam rock uh synth pop uh, indie rock so you yeah, know, i think n- none of this matters to be honest because this is like we're just like citing tags but what really matters here is that they're fun to listen to i think yeah. that's what really matters when it comes to the killers and i think that's also the reason why a lot of people might consider them guilty pleasure because they're way too much fun to listen to. Would you agree with that? Honestly, when I played this album, uh, they were they were kind of contagious. And I think I'll definitely go back to this album and just listen to it. Not because I find a, a lot of common points with it, not because I get too emotional. It's It's really that that atmosphere that they create which is really fun and really exciting you know even if you're i don't know whatever mood you're in i think this this music will always just make you dance and and enjoy the music right and and that's that's the thing that that's why when i hear these songs like mr brightside a huge hit on this record it really takes me back in time uh, it has a certain nostalgia to it for me, right? Remembering my uh, early to mid twenties. That's, uh, that, that, that's what what I wanted to ask you. You were there when these records came out and when the Killers came to the scene. So, how did it feel to listen to these songs? Were they just, uh, you know, typical for that period, or were they in some way revolutionary and like a, you know, like mind blowing? How do you feel? Um, calling them revolutionary might be a bit of a stretch, to be honest. I think they were definitely a part of that larger group of bands that came uh, came on the scene. You know, things like Franz Ferdinand, for example. And among those bands, they were really good. I mean, they they kind of withstood the test of time because when you hear these songs today, uh, not only do they take you back, but they're also still a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, actually, I think they really aged well, in my opinion, because to me now, this sounds better than back then, because I guess I miss that kind of scene. I feel like that is absent from today's scene, that we have different type of bands and um, that whole atmosphere seems to be gone. So it makes you appreciate what you had back then. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. All right, Mada, let's get to the ratings and picking favorite songs. So I'm going to say that this album is a solid eight. That's my rating. And my favorite track is, um, I mean, the whole album is, is really good. And I think it should be listened from start to finish. But as a highlight, I'm going to pick Mr. Brightside. All right. I just wanted to mention a few cuts here before cutting down to the ratings. So cuts cutting down. That's funny. Okay. So for example, uh, uh, somebody told me was also a huge song. And I just remember everybody always going crazy at the club or a bar 
whenever this song was played. And I love the lyrics. Uh, it's kind of almost confusing, right? Uh, somebody told me uh, that you had a boyfriend that looked like a girlfriend that I had in February last year. Okay, that's kind of a... Well, what is he exactly talking about here? It's a very interesting uh, play with words, and I love it. Love it. That's such a memorable chorus, and I think that's also my favorite track on the record, even though the other tracks are all cool. I really enjoy the record in its entirety. Maybe near the end, it kind of uh, petered out a bit for me, but the album is an absolute pop tour the force i'd give it uh i think I, i'll also give it an eight even though i was kind of thinking between 7.5 and eight because sometimes i feel like while the killers are a good band they're not like a transcendental band or an amazing band so i'm not sure that they could get above eight on my scale but let's give it eight okay maybe a bit generous but Sure. I mean, I, I really enjoyed listening to this. I had a lot of fun. And uh, that song for me, those big songs really mean a lot to me because they take me to a certain era. Okay, Vlada, fair enough. So before we move on, please, guys, uh, take a moment to listen to our sponsored advertisement. Brown Dog Promos is a champ in the promotional products industry, having shipped all over the world since 1989. For over 30 years, Brown Dog Promos has supplied custom printed promotional items like mugs, pens, calendars, embroidered or screen printed clothing, and anything else you could possibly need to companies and groups of all sizes. They also pride themselves on working with nonprofits to raise funds and recognize key donors and volunteers. For commercial clients, Brown Dog Promos offers invaluable advertising and marketing guidance based on their three Three decades in the business. Whether you're looking to promote your company, nonprofit organization, or any variety of branding and marketing, Brown Dog Promos can make it happen. For all of your custom printed sportswear, decals, labels, and corporate gifts, be sure to check out Brown Dog Promos by following them on Instagram under their handle Brown Dog Promos, liking their page at facebook.com slash brown dog promos, or visiting their website browndogpromos.com. Trust the top dogs, Tony and Matthew, to help you make your branding outstanding. Okay, Vlada, so now moving on to the next record, the follow-up. Uh, this record is also really big in terms of ratings and accomplishments, but there are some, old, there, there are some other records that are also you know, famous and, and stacked with hits. So guys, forgive us, uh, we just can't manage to cover entire discographies in... Uh, in our episode. So, Vlada, Sam's Town, the next record. Let me hear your thoughts. All right. So, Sam's Town, this was actually the first, I think, actually the only Killers record that I bought when it came out. So, I just remember that I was, I, I didn't really buy a lot of the new stuff that came out at that time. I would listen to it here and there, but... I wanted some kind of change from the stuff that I was listening to at the time. And I wanted something a bit more uplifting. And I thought, oh, maybe the Killers will do. I was very curious about the record, especially after seeing the album cover in the CD store. It really intrigued me. I loved the the, the font that they used. I loved the, this whole imagery. You know, you see this uh, lady with, uh, you know, Miss of something uh, ribbon 
on her and there's a there's a goat and it's some kind of like old trailer or something like that i don't know what it is but it, it's kind of like the the record you know when you look at it 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 immediately gives you an idea of some kind of squalor and you know this sort of glamour like fake glamour amidst poverty and i think that was probably the message that they were trying to convey here because this record seems to have a much more serious subject matter and it it kind of plays like a concept album you know with uh, with these short introductions like uh, interlude and then the last track is exit loot so it's kind of like a f- seamless hole and some of the themes throughout the record are um very prominent you know like the theme of leaving breaking out from this squalor and this poverty and uh, a place devoid of ideas devoid of originality of excitement and i'm pretty sure that they were they were singing either about Las Vegas or some other small or perhaps smaller place in Nevada, because that's what it sounds like to me. So much, much more. The record was actually record. produced in uh, in Las Vegas. Yeah, of course, because that's where they're from. And I, I definitely think this is what they're singing about. And I think it's a better record than the previous one. It may not have such a powerful song like somebody told me, but it definitely makes up for it. Another thing and another reason why I bought this record when it came out, and I just remembered this, is that the first single, When You Were Young, reminded me a lot about, uh, reminded me a lot of Bruce Springsteen's songs. That song sounds like something It's an interesting reference. It's a very, very clear reference here, and I will explain why. This song, lyrically and also melodically, is very similar to the stuff that Bruce Springsteen was doing circa 1980, you know, on the River record, which is one of his best records. And and this sounds, honestly, if Bruce Springsteen were to record this song with his vocals, it would have been an instant classic. and A, a great song, I think. And it has all those Springsteenian themes like breaking free from from the shackles of the small town life, you know, and dreaming big and trying to to escape that, I don't know, middle uh, middle ground America or something like that. It's It really has that theme. Uh, that song is very prominent. And there are some other songs that also have a bit of Springsteen in them, like this river is wild. So a lot of lyrics here are definitely, I think, inspired by Bruce Springsteen. So if we we could talk about Robert Smith on the previous record, I think this one is very Springsteen-esque or Springsteenian, uh, which is definitely a great thing in my book, especially given that they don't just imitate him, that they still have all those elements that make them sound like the killers, you know, like the synths, which I find to be so beautifully atmospheric on this record. So, Alexander, uh, let me not rant too much. What is your take on this record? I think this record was uh, somewhat a departure, mostly in the sense of the music not being that powerful and not being so punchy, let's say. Yeah, um, more more pensive, more reflective, right? 
Exactly. That's that's uh, that's what I meant. And th thanks for uh, pointing that out. It's really interesting that you cite Bruce Springsteen because, according to Wikipedia, definitely the the, the whole album was influenced by the likes of Bruce Springsteen, U2, Tom Petty, and the Heartbreakers, also Duran Duran. So a lot of nice, a lot of let's say legendary references there. So these guys were really. They were really into their own music and they knew how to incorporate it into their own stuff. For some reason, according to some rock magazines, music magazines, that is, this album is, for some reason, I don't know, it, it, some some magazines really rate it and some don't. Some think it's, it's a bad record, but let's not get too, too much into that. That's all really subject, subjective, right? So... I also forgot to mention that this album was released in 2006. So Vlad, I want to ask you, is there like a clear difference? Because in my opinion, there is. But I want to ask you, is there a clear reference in in terms of how the music sounds in the first half of the 2000 and then post-2005? What is your take on that? I don't know. I think that, uh, I mean... This was still because I feel uh, that grit is kind of gone, you know. It's, yeah, yeah, it's of not... course. But I think it's a good change uh, at this point in time, and I think that when this came out, there was a lot of unwarranted criticism because people expected these jovial dance tunes, you know. Somebody told me, and you know, like everybody going insane on the dance floor. But I think that uh, Brandon Flowers and these guys they wanted to do something a bit different and. They did it well. I think a very retrospective record with those themes of, uh, you know, finding refuge somewhere else, uh, saving yourself. Also, the, the songs are very diverse uh, times. Like you have this great opener, Sam's Town, the title track with that beautiful synth line. Then you have the Springsteen vibe in when you were young so so unashamed shamedly springsteen like then you have uh some kind of pseudo blues of uncle johnny you know with this gritty hard sound you have read uh, read my mind which is again an introspective almost like kind of u2 like ballad with this anthemic chorus i don't know i like all this stuff i'm like i'm kind of excited about hearing this again after such a long time and i think after we finish this episode i might put it on again i really really enjoy this record and i think that when i first listened to it i was kind of more critical of it you know i thought okay this is good but they're kind of cheesy but now when i listen to it i don't mind the cheese i think it's great i think that there's so much talent here and I feel like that they lost their way following this record. That's at least my opinion. I feel that whatever came next just wasn't at the same height. There's an interesting reference here in terms of the artwork. You know, you mentioned how, how intriguing it looks and how intriguing it looked back when you bought this record. Anton Corbine was in charge of the photography here. And Anton Corbine is known for being the photographer for the likes of Joy Division. So well, is the pronunciation Corbin? Corbin? I don't know. But yeah, this guy, he's a legend. I mean, he did he did a lot of photography for the likes of U2, Depeche Mode, 
even the Rolling Stones and Metallica, Lodera, for example. I mean, and, and the whole visual identity of this record is awesome. And of course, speaking of that guy, you also have the producer Flood who worked with Depeche Mode and U2 and did some amazing stuff with them. Maybe some of their best records like Achtung Baby by U2 and Violator by Depeche Mode. So the record is impeccably produced, really, really well produced. I just love when we cover a band that pays tribute or has some connections with legendary bands in one way or another. And yeah. just love that. Yeah, and what I like about the Killers is that they do it in such a tasteful way. You know, even when you hear like, oh, this song is like aping Bruce Springsteen, but you know, it's still like, it's still the Killers and and you you feel like, oh, well, but it's so good. So it doesn't really matter. And I really wish Bruce Springsteen had done a cover of of when you were young, I think it would have sounded awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, Vlada, let me hear now your rating and what is your favorite track here? All right. So, my favorite track, and this is extremely difficult to choose from. Um, let me think. Um, oh, man. Oh, man. I don't know. It's like either Sam's Town or. Um, when you were young let's say when you were young just because it's like the song that made me like the killers you know that that's the song that really introduced them to me even though i was aware of these other songs before but when i heard that that's the the moment when i showed more interest in the band and that's why i i picked that one and my rating my rating here would be let's say 8 a, a very strong eight. Stronger than the previous record? Definitely, definitely. Fair enough. Um, for me, I don't think I don't think that this album was better than Hot Fuss. Um, so for that reason, I'm gonna give it a seven point five. And my highlight track here is Sam's Town, the opening track, and also the title track. So, Vlada, we're now going to cover an album that was released this year, roughly four months ago, and it's called Imploding the Mirage. And now what, what I have to say here is it was, it was fun to hear that you also, you also hear some 80s references, sorry, 80s influences here, 80s synth band influences you said that when we were talking about hot fuss but to me i think this album actually shows that especially the first track you can just hear that synth part which immediately reminds you of the of those 80s synth pop bands but it's not like copying it's like just being you know inspired by those bands so what were your thoughts on this album so i have to say um i th- didn't really enjoy this so much and i'm not sure if it was just me or the record itself just kind of felt flat not to say boring and i feel it might be the thing that this is something that needs to grow on you because unlike the previous two the early records that we talked about this doesn't seem to have such an immediate effect you know it's not like you don't hear the song and say wow this just hits me straight in the in the guts you know it doesn't really sound that way. And uh, I feel that 
this is probably a good record that I need to spend more time uh, listening to, especially because I really like the sound overall. I like the way the synths sound. I like how the band sounds very mature, very experienced. You can tell that they have really honed their craft, but the songs just didn't do much for me. And I don't know, I don't really know what to say about it other than that. It's, it's so hard for me to, to give this record an overall rating at this point, because I, I honestly feel this might be a grower that needs more time. What did you think about this? Okay, so uh, the main points here for me is that this album obviously reminded me of the 80s and the singing style is kind of different and um, not in a good way. I think the singing was much more fun and much more soulful in the previous two records. Here, it's kind of too cheesy. It's 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 not... I don't know. It it now it definitely misses. Now I'm definitely missing those gritty sounds, that punch. You know, this this is kind of a safe record, not too it's risky. Like, I would uh, say the the killer's middle age record. You know, <laughs> like all right, they're older by this point. They're like, well, how old is Brandon Flowers? Is he like my age? Like I'm I'm th- thirty six. For for the dear listeners, so Brandon Flowers was born in eighty one, so he's three years older than you. Yeah, yeah. So he's nearly forty years old. Not that it, I mean that's great. I'm almost forty years old. Uh, nothing bad about that. But I wonder if that has to do with the change in the sound because I have to say the Killers really lost me after Sam's Town because I think the the next record after that one was. Um, what was it called? The, I think the one that had human, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe not. But the, I just didn't like that record that came afterwards. I wanted to like it. And I think that they kind of lost me. Maybe it was me. Maybe I was at a different place because now I'm thinking about revisiting their catalog because I want to hear their full evolution to this point. But this is just, um, I don't know, like I, I was just looking at the old music uh entry for this record oh, and there, there's a random comment by uh that it sounds like meatloaf it says give it a miss <laughs> so yeah i mean uh <laughs> like That's, i don't know if it sounds like meatloaf but it's definitely not a good thing i don't know i will give this one more <laughs> shot because i feel there's more to this than you initially hear i really like the synths for example, I like the atmosphere that was created. I could totally get behind that, but it didn't have those major songs for me. And I mean, the Killers are not the kind of band that that I feel has the capacity for some profound music that, you know, speaks on you on so many levels. They're the kind of band that needs to, to move you, you know, that you know, they knew how to strike the right chord at the right time. And I feel that's missing on this record. I kind of agree with you. I think this album definitely needs more time. And I'm pretty sure that I that I will give it more time. Some of the songs are good because they have that nice groove. Uh, the singing is still not uh, a positive here. I would say it's not bad, but... Uh, 
knowing the other records, I think this was a step back in terms of the, the singing style. The, the album artwork seems good, looks nice. So overall, I don't, th- I don't think this is a bad record. It just needs a bit more time. And it, it doesn't feature that power that the earlier records had. So Vlada, if you don't have anything else to say, I'd like us to get on with the ratings. All right. So I will give this one a very tentative 6.5. I don't know. It might be less than that. It might be more than that. Because at this point, I'm really not sure. I don't want to give it a very low rating because I feel like there's something bubbling underneath, you know. But I might be wrong for all intents and purposes. So, yeah, let's say 6.5. Favorite track, that's almost impossible for me to choose here because everything kind of sounds samey, very uniform. Let me see. Let me think a bit. So maybe, um, I don't know. I don't know. Let me think. What was the one? Running Towards a Place, I think. was Okay, while while you're... While you're trying to pick your favorite song, there is a nice bit of trivia here. Well, it's not trivia, but in in, in our case, it could be. So the song Dying Breed, the third track on this album. According to Wikipedia, Dying Breed contains excerpts from Hello Gallo, which is a a track performed by that... I think you, Vlada, sent me that album by Neu, you know, that German instrumental band. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. Totally missed that, to be honest. I definitely need to listen to this again because Neu was a revolutionary band, German band that, with its instrumentals and sound, really redefined the way people thought of rock music and a lot of their sounds ended up you know inspiring post-punk bands and electronic bands and so on so this is one of the crucial acts i think of the era of the 70s in terms of influence and people don't realize how how important their sound was so this is a this is a reason a valid reason to come back to this record Yes, yeah, so um, I'm not sure if you have given us your favorite track. Would you like to repeat it? Yeah, I think uh, Running Towards a Place, let's say. Even though I'm really not sure, I mean, uh, I think I need to spend more time with this record. Yeah, will do. Okay, my rating is, I would say, I'm going to go safe. I'm going to play safe here because I, I, I don't want to be too harsh I think it's also up to me as a listener. So a seven is my is my rating, and my highlight track here is "Blowback" because I think that song had a really nice, catchy riff, a catchy a catchy melody overall. So will, that's kind of it. Uh, I yeah. will just remind you that you gave Robert Johnson six, six point five, mind you, <laughs> just like you did now. So. You know, yeah. I mean, the but, Killers versus Robert Johnson. Yeah, that would really, be a nice competition. Really, yeah, like, if you want to get, <laughs> I don't know, uh, no comments. The listeners know what I'm talking about. They understand what I'm. If I were to, to compare the two, if I were to compare the two, you would probably think of it as comparing the first ever bicycle versus a new BMW, right? That's total nonsense and you know it. 
in a, in every possible way. I don't I don't think that's even remotely the case. Just okay, but let's let's not digress too much. Let's let's try to wrap it up on friendly terms. Exactly. So um, I would like to thank all of our patrons for contributing to our show. And this particular suggestion was given by our dear patron Svetlana. So thanks a lot for helping our show grow and giving, suggesting a very nice band that is. We're always thankful and we always encourage you guys to get engaged with our activities so, Vlada, would you like to give a shout out to all of our patrons by name? Of course. So, first of all, I have to say that our patrons are the best, that they keep us going. We cannot thank you enough for all your support. You mean the world to us, especially given that you trust us so much that you're willing to give some of your hard-earned money. And uh, without your support, without without your kind words as well, we wouldn't be able to make it. And I want to shout out to each one of you personally. Uh, Svetlana, I think our newest patron. Thank you so much for joining us. Sini, Stefan, Janko, Andriana, Kelly, and Nana, Peggy. You guys are awesome. Asha, Stephanie, and David. We cannot thank you enough uh, for your support. And dear listeners, if you're interested in becoming a patron, check out our Patreon page, check out our special tiers and all the little things that you might get as a member. And of course, everything that you do for us, we try to pay you back through working hard and give you the best possible content. So also let us know if there are things that you would like to see different, if there are if there is anything you would want us to add to our show, all ideas, all feedback is more than welcome. Yes, guys, you can follow our social media accounts as well. Uh, the handle is Soundrise Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you would like to leave a comment, engage with us, message us, whatever, you can just go over and check our pages out. So, Vladam, what is your final verdict on this band? this this famous band called The Killers? My final verdict is that The Killers are a lot of fun to listen to. And I don't think that there's any other deeper philosophy here. They just have a certain sound that marked a certain era for me. And I really enjoy listening to their, let's say, classic stuff. Maybe we can already call it classic by now, uh, in a way. So yeah, I, if you want to listen to something anthemic and slightly melancholy but uplifting the killers are the band for you especially their early stuff yes i agree i think it was really fun to go back to these tunes and discover some of the some of the most some of the biggest tracks from that era so well it's not that that long ago but you know it's still as you said earlier in the episode, we don't really have these kind of bands anymore. You know, even the killers don't have that same sound. But I think that's just a positive evolution for for every band. You know, if you like it, you like it. If not, you know, you can stick to the older stuff. So, guys, thanks a lot. Uh, we are now going to announce a short holiday break. 
a short Christmas break, so we will be back in a couple of weeks. But don't worry, we will still be active and promoting our older episodes. So you want to check that out because we have covered some amazing bands before. And till the next time, happy happy holidays and stay safe. Write a review and then you can share it with the world in any social media platform. And then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and Castbox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day, which is on the eighth of every month of every year of every century of every you get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? it lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. Pod Rev Day, because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag Pod Rev Day. P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y.